For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 201 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Hals Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And here we are on the steep climb to 400, the first step towards 400. Man, thanks for all the kind words during and after our 200th episode last week, guys. That was very so, nice of all of you. So much love was felt and exchange and 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 return to you when you give it to us yeah man it was very nice and now uh on episode 201 i am going to just warn you guys now i'm going to be operating at about 43 percent because i have had a long week and i am worn out and i think i'm fighting some uh some allergies this week or today so um it's your it's your lumbago that goddamn lumbago will your sciatica oh god not the sciatica um we have some cool stuff well eh, i say cool but one of them i'm not gonna lie it's bumming me out a little bit, but it's big stuff. It's big. Oh, what is it? We'll talk about it when we get there. Um, I'm jumping the gun. Yeah, yeah. You know you know the steps. We had so much to cover last week, I didn't even give our good listeners the business. I said, they get the business all the time. Well, sometimes you give them the business so good, they don't need it for a minute. <clears throat> yeah, I guess the business sticks with them for a little while. Um, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blueharvestpodcast. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at blueharvestpod. We have a Patreon page. So if you really like the show and you want to hear more of our goofy asses, uh, along with some excellent special guests on different shows, then check it out. We put out new episodes every Monday. This Monday, this previous Monday, we put out episode 14 of Blue Harvest Adventures with our buddy Rob 
and Jesse and Colleen, and we're all playing the West End game, Star Wars role-playing game, and episode 14 was the end of our first adventure. I guess you could say like the first chapter of this adventure. And it's a really good one. You guys got to check it out. Um, and plus we have Cooking with Will. Oh no, it's Hall Solo. Jaws. Star Wars Year by Podcast. Masters of Harvest Kasi. With our buddy King Tom. Um, and more to come. So if any of that, if that sounds like it's your deal, here's the deal, man. Go to patreon.com slash blueharvestpodcast. And you know what? We're part of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. We damn sure are. And uh, it's a, a network, which means there's a ton of awesome podcasts. Well, you're saying like, oh, I like Star Wars podcasts. I listen to Blue Harvest. Maybe I want to stretch my legs out, dip my toe in the waters of other Star Wars podcasts. Well, there's now this is podcasting, Steel Wars, Rogue One, The Sith List, Podcast 2187, Tarkin's Top Shelf, First Order Transmissions, The Cargo Hold, and Tatooine Sons. Go check out those podcasts. They got different flavors, all of them. It's like when you go to a, a gelato shop and you're like, ooh, kind of gelato do I want? Do I want the blueberry blue harvest? Or do I want the sizzling steel wars? You got to make a decision. Maybe you just, just get, get them both. That's what Maybe I was about to say. Just get them both. Maybe you just say, hey, man. Life's too short. A scoop of them all. A scoop of them all. Dude, speaking of life's too short. Like, what's the guy that does that? And <laughs> that's delicious. Action Bronson. Yeah. I'll take like, one I'll of all. I'll take one of everything. Smoking a giant joint in a public, in like a, a public business. And they're like, one of what? And they're like, no, one of everything on the menu. I'll take one of everything. Take a couple of bites, maybe finish a few things, but I'm going to give eating, it a little try. Even with the other couple of big boys, though, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Um, speaking of life's too short, Will, this week has been a banner week for yours truly in that I got information on two, two highly anticipated things that aren't Star Wars related, but (laughs) that you know I am very passionate about. So, you know, Jesse got me tickets to see Tool here in Birmingham, right? Right. And that show was Tuesday. How did that go? Buddy, it was incredible honestly i think um i think the tool concert might be a little bit why i'm so worn out because i had a good old time oh i can only imagine i I bet you were on another level i was (laughs) i had a very good time uh we broke the diet and i had a very special pastry if you will delightful and I um, had a good old time. We met up with Steve and Cindy before the show and hung out with them and pre-gamed a little bit and then went over to the BJCC. And buddy, not only did I get to see Tool, I'll keep this short because I know the amount of crossover, like people that would actually be, I just haven't had a chance to tell you this. No, I want to hear it. Not only did I get to see my favorite band, guess what they did? What'd they do? They played two 
brand new songs complete from the new album. That's awesome. And guess what? What? Right after their intermission, they did something even cooler in Birmingham, Alabama. They announced the date, the release date for their new album. Oh, wow. August 30th. That's cool. So 13 years of waiting for the new Tool for album. The new Tool album. You know what that means. Ever since I've known you. Well, I was, that's what I was about to say. Like Their last album came out right around the time we started hanging out because when we went to that Tool concert together in South Haven, it was their first tour for that album. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was the the first tour they went on for their last album. So pretty much, yeah, the entire time you've known me, it's been fucking countdown to the new Tool album, which I had honestly started to wonder if it was ever really going to happen. Well, you know, sometimes I think when those guys get older, they have other interests that they like to pursue, and it takes a long time for everybody to get on the same page to record an album. The thing is, is, you know, being a fan and following it pretty closely, there's way more to it than that, but this is not a Tool podcast. You know what I mean? I could sit here and tell you all the crazy shit, like one of them got, one of them got bit by a brown recluse spider in the 13 years between albums and had to take like six months off of writing for the new album while that shit healed. Oh my goodness. And then another one of them was in a scooter accident and broke three ribs. And that made him have to take a bunch of time off of writing the new album. And that's just a couple of the weird things that happened. One of them was abducted by aliens and had missing oh, time for like buddy, six months. Buddy, you gotta see the shirt I got. It is very alien abduction thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so first off, you remember when we went to see him in South Haven? You know, they changed their stage production. They always do crazy stuff, right? Right. Like, they had like the overhead laser. Right. Well, in, in South Haven, when we saw them, right, um, they had like the stage that they were standing on was a projection screen. You remember right. that? Right. So there was that. They were all like kind of in socks, basically. Yeah, because they couldn't wear shoes. But like it was crazy. So if you were up in the, you know, the upper seats looking down at the stage, you got like visuals and stuff that people on the floor who maybe had a better view of the band didn't get. Didn't see, yeah. This time they did holographic shit, Will. What? So have you ever seen like when they do like holographic Michael Jackson or Tupac at like award shows or or and stuff like that no okay so like there's this basically a projection screen comes down in front of a stage but it's not solid it's see-through it looks like a very fine mesh right right and when they project stuff onto that it looks like a hologram so like they had all kinds of weird shit it was a brand new like it's a stage setup i've never seen them use before so they had like visuals to songs that looked like they were interacting with the band members or reaching out over the audience and stuff and of course they had like the full laser setup and the giant video screens it was it was awesome sounds intense and amazing it was it was quite intense 
man, I bet you lost your shit. I did, and and I'm excited because if they got a new album coming out, you know, I'm sure there's going to be like a because this is like a small warm up tour that they're doing. Obviously, right. um, it means they'll probably be somewhere fairly close within another year. I'll have another opportunity to see them. Jesse and I might get silly and go out to L.A. for their album release concert. Dude, everyone would love that. <clears throat> we'll see. We'll see if we can swing it. Uh, and the other thing. So that was the big news. I, I finally know when the Tool album's coming out. Um, today, Square released the, a new trailer for the Final Fantasy VII remake. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, aren't they doing something Star Wars related, Square Enix? No, they're doing something Marvel related. Marvel related, sorry. Yeah, they have an Avengers game in the works. Oh, okay. And I don't know, I don't think it's like Square themselves, because you know Square also owns like Crystal Dynamics, who does the Tomb Raider games. Like there's, Square is is obviously on a much smaller scale, like kind of an EA type corporation where they're Square proper and they have like business division one, two, and three and stuff. And they work on like, you know, um, Final Fantasies and Kingdom Hearts and that kind of stuff. And then they also have studios they own like Crystal Dynamics and other stuff that work on other games. Right. And I think it might be Crystal Dynamics that's doing the Avengers game. Um, but yeah. Finally, some more information on the Final Fantasy VII Remake. They said there'll be even more information in June during E3. And that's yet another thing that I've been crazy anticipating that I kind of wondered if it would ever actually happen. Yeah, that's. A, I feel like that's been in the works for 20 years almost. Mm-hmm. So I went and looked, and it has not quite been as long as the Tool album. Like, there's been, there's definitely been people that have wanted um, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake for a long time. But I think officially it's been in the works like maybe six or seven years by now. In in the Japanese RPG world, is it considered like the best RPG? Like the is it the everything that it's supposed to be? Like uh, Final Fantasy VII? Yeah. Um, honestly, Final Fantasy VII has, is, has gone through one of those, those arcs as a game where when it first came out, it was so beloved. And then there was just years where you didn't hear a single bad thing about Final Fantasy VII. And now I do feel kind of like the hipster train has rolled around to the other side where you will start people being like, Final Fantasy VII is overrated. If you want me to be completely honest, probably the one that is still most well-regarded and, and considered like the classic of Final Fantasy games, and it's hard to argue, is um, Final Fantasy VI. Okay. But <clears throat> to me, Final Fantasy VII is. Like, it is, when I think of a JRPG, that's what I think of. I mean, that's the one that kind of sparked my interest. Mm-hmm getting into it back when I was a kid. Well, it's definitely the one that opened the, that type of game and that series of games up to a much larger audience than it had before. At least I feel that way. Final you know? Fantasy VIII was just a completely different beast. 
And as, as was fan. nine and ten. You know, they were all so different from each other. Final Fantasy Eight is one of the few entries in the series that I'm just not a fan of. That I played. It's just too much. It's just too much. I played it when it first released. And I beat it, and I've never been back. And I keep telling myself, like, maybe I should go back and play Final Fantasy Eight, but I never do. Like, the desire is just never there. Yeah. Um, anyways, let's talk about some Star yeah. Wars. Star Wars. I'm just saying, it's been a big week. So, what do you want to talk about, Will? I'm going to give you two categories of Star Wars news, because we got two, two stories to discuss this evening. All right, we'll do this uh, game show style. I'll pick two categories, and you pick which one we start off with. Do you want a Star Wars story related to the year of 2019? Or do you want a Star Wars uh, story that pertains to the future? And And not necessarily the near future. I'll take Star Wars for the far future for 5000 Richard. Oh, my goodness. So, Will, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, right after Celebration, we were discussing, like, what's what's the path Star Wars is going to take after the rise of Skywalker right. comes out. We knew that at least they were going to be taking 2020 off. There wasn't going to be a Star Wars movie in 2020. Right. And I was like, well, that's fine as long as there's one in 2021. But, the, you know, that was not assured or anything like that. <coughs> well, this week Disney announced, like, the the timeline for their, like, next six or seven years worth of movies. And on wow. that timeline were three Star Wars movies. Hell yeah. Three unannounced, untitled Star Wars movies. Well, probably announced, if you really think about it. But In the next ten years? So, the next Star Wars movie we will be getting after The Rise of Skywalker this year will be released on December 16th, 2022. So, we will be taking a three-year break. Uh, for Star Wars theatrical releases. Oh, goodness. And the first one out will be t- December 16th, 2022, and then they will be coming every two years after that. So the next one after that, December 20th, 2024. That's the day before your birthday. It is. And then December 18th, 2026. So... I guess we know. I guess that answers the question. It answers the question. It's like lost. It answered a question and it raised a whole lot more questions. Yeah. Um, also, it's along the lines of what I thought. It's not as extreme. I thought it, they could push it as far as five years, but three makes a little yeah. much more sense. Yeah, but you were thinking that as thinking, oh, for episode 10. Yeah, yeah. Now this, we don't... So, all right, we got to sit here and think, what have they announced? They've announced two Star Wars trilogies or series from two different creative teams. One from Ryan Johnson and one from the Game of Thrones guys. 
right? So, is... What if it's the first two Ryan Johnson movies and the first uh, Game of Thrones guys movie? I was kind of wondering if it was the other way around. Two Game of Thrones guys movies and right. one Ryan Johnson. Because Jason, over at MakingStarWars.net, had reported that he had heard that the Game of Thrones guys were up first. Like, their first movie was up first. And it, it as far oh, cool. as... When we talked about um, them moving to the new studio last week, we covered that, right? That there's um, that that's where they're going to be shooting Cassian and the first movie of the Benioff and Weiss um, series. Yeah. So that's the question. See, when when that I first saw that story announced, the headline was "New Star Wars Trilogy Announced with the Following Release Dates." But when you look at the actual like thing that Disney put out, it says nothing about those being three movies of a trilogy. They could still be, but they didn't specifically say this is a trilogy. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Like it you could... just said three Star Wars movies in exactly. the next two years. Right, exactly. And that doesn't mean, you know, there could be another one in 2028, two years after that. You want to know what sucks? Is What sucks? I'm sure they're going to say it's because, oh, they think that's the right pace and cadence for Star Wars movies to come out. But you want to know the real reason there's yeah, two years? Me. Because, so, in December of 2022, Star Wars is coming out. You know what's coming out in December of 2023? Avatar? Yeah. That's the reason. It's because that they're, was a al shot in the dark. they're alternating Decembers with Avatar for the foreseeable future. Because fucking James Cameron, James damn-ass Cameron, with his bad attitude, is doing like four fucking sequels to that movie. And oh. now Disney owns Avatar because they bought Fox. So now they got to fucking play nice with Di James Cameron and release every other year. We'll with see. With Star Wars because they don't want those to compete with each other. We'll see. I'm still, I still am of the camp of we'll see how far... This Avatar ship can sail. Yeah, it it'll it will be interesting to see. I don't think the second one will bomb. Like I don't think it'll be a failure by, by any means. I but it's not going to be the experience that the first one was. No, I I think when you take that like the novelty of Avatar, you know, with the at the time fairly new like r real three D technology or whatever. Right now, I I can't say for certain i'm not like a market analyst or anything but i feel like 3d movies are just not as popular as they used to be well i think they wore it out yeah and yeah. i think you know the certain amount of budget has to go towards 3d effects and if that's where you're putting your budget you know you better milk it but in my opinion you know i prefer to see the movie without the 3d effects Me just too. to be quite honest i don't go see the big titles in 3d uh, because sometimes it can give me a headache, and sometimes it's disorienting. I can't really pay attention to the story and what's being said because of all the visual stuff going on. You know, um, almost like sensory overload for me. You know, like in the case of Star Wars, I'll go see, like the first time I see the movie, I just want to see it in 2D. I just want to be able to focus on the movie. But since I'm going to end up seeing that movie so many times in the theaters, 
As I, that's, you know, that's yeah. when I'll, I'll mix it up and try out some different formats. Cause we do have like a nice 3d IMAX theater here. That's always neat to see, but I don't want it to be my first viewing. You know what I'm saying? Much right. like you, I'd right. rather already have a grasp on the story and the dialogue and stuff before I'm trying to pay attention to a bunch of crazy shit. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if, if Avatar 2, like, let's just in a hypothetical situation, let's say Avatar 2 is the Matrix Reloaded of the Avatar movies where it's a, a sequel to a really successful movie that makes a lot of money because people are like, yeah, I want to see the sequel to that movie. But let's say they go and they're like, holy shit, that was dumb. And then it has a Matrix 3 size box office drop-off. I'll be interested to see how many of these. Because the other thing is, is they're all going to be done. He's shooting all these sequels at the same time. Lord of the Rings style. Well, and it, the thing, like, they stopped with the Wrath of the Titan shit, like, once that was no longer popular. The same guy. You know what I'm talking about? No. The 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 lead guy, Jake Sully, from Avatar, did the Clash of the Titans movies, the remakes. Oh, I forgot all about those. They went with that until it ran out of gas, you know? Like, yeah, but see, the thing is... is I mean, it's not Avatar. But... It's not Avatar, and it also didn't shoot a bunch of singles. Like, I, I have a feeling they're going to release them because they've already spent the money to shoot them. You see what I'm saying? He's shooting, like... I think four Avatar sequels all at once. I mean. It seems a little ambitious. You had better be telling one compelling hell of a story. I mean, it's going to have to be like Lost. Like four movies worth of compelling story. And, and like, I mean. Dude. I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm, saying I'm not saying it can't either. You better I'm, bring your A game. I'll be watching it very interested to see how it does. Because... The thing is, is Avatar did really well overseas. I mean, Avatar, you know, is in the top three grossing movies of all time. You know? You know what? I think James Cameron is butthurt that Marvel beat his Titanic record. And I think he's trying to have another stab at that record with the Avatar. <clears throat> it could be. I mean, I don't think he was like, I'm going to do Avatar movies. Because... These have been planned since the first one came out, which was before the Marvel Cinematic Universe was what it is today, you know, before right. they were ever close to beating like some James Cameron box office. But I guarantee, I mean, he's definitely had shitty things to say about Star Wars and Marvel movies. So, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the guy, James Cameron. I feel like he's quite a douche. And, also, I'm salty that instead of getting a Star Wars every year, I have to get one every other year because we got to worry about his fucking self-indulgent fucking Blue People sequels. I mean, I, I get the allegory, okay? Like, I get it. I, I, I understand the fable, but I thought you ended that, like, you know. Yeah, I mean, he always, I mean, from the release of the original Avatar, he was always like, no, this is going to be a series of movies. The next one's going to be like exploring the underwater realm of Pandora or whatever the fuck. But, 
he's also taken like 10 years to get the over 10 years to get the first one out. So I wonder if it's a little too long of a wait for people to be interested. You know, if Avatar 2 came out within three years of the first one, it might be a different story. You know, I'm just saying if the best you got from me is, oh, Avatar 2, water Avatar, you know, you're going to have to bring another, you know, that's not that's not going to do it for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather see a Star Wars every year. But so besides that, the like I said, the big question is, is that a complete trilogy of Star Wars movies? Are we looking at the release date? For I the, say no. I just gut, gut says no. I kind of feel the same way. I kind of feel like we might be looking at two movies from one trilogy with the first movie from the other trilogy in the middle, you know, in the middle of those two, because just because it was three star Wars movies announced, like doesn't mean that they don't have them planned past 2026. Like this was just within the date range of the slate that they announced, which included a ton of Marvel movies, a ton of animated movies, Disney live action remakes, like, you know, this wasn't all about Star Wars. It was just the general Disney release slate, you know? Yeah. Um, so, that'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see when we get more information on what those three movies are going to be. Obviously, I think we're not in for any type of information until after the rise of Skywalker. Um, King Tom brought up a, a really good point when we were talking about it. Um, he said, like, maybe they'll announce whatever the timeline, like where in the timeline or whatever the first of those movies is, the 2020 movie, at Celebration next year, which it'll be in 2020. Then they'll take off 2021 for Celebrations. There'll be no Star Wars Celebration in 2021. And then they bring it back in, like, April of 2022 to start the hype train on that first Star Wars movie. Which, if you think about it, that probably makes a little sense. Or a lot of sense. Right. I still can't wrap... I mean, I'm excited that there's a Star Wars celebration next year. I can't wait for it. I wish I was there now. But I still can't quite wrap my head around on, like... What's the purpose of a Star Wars celebration next year? You know? Like... You know, they're not being a Star Wars movie coming. Yeah, like all of the Star Wars celebrations in the modern era seem to have been tied to, uh, you know, the impending release of a new Star Wars movie. And, you know, obviously, you know, in between December of this year and December of 2022, it's not like we're going to have a lack of Star Wars content to talk about. You know, we're going to have the Cassian Andor series. We're going to have, excuse me, the next, the last season of Clone Wars. We're going to have maybe like a second season of the Mandalorian and whatever else is going to be coming out on Disney plus. Cause there's, so there's going to be plenty of star Wars content coming out. It's just not going to be the big theatrical releases. So I guess they could always, you know, talk about whatever, you know, obviously I would think by celebration next year, we could get a panel on the Cassian Andor series, right? Right. And then, of course, a 40th anniversary for Empire Strikes Back. That's a big deal. So that'll be a panel. 
But it's, you know, I think it's just maybe we got a little spoiled with all the news that came out of Celebration this year. So it leaves me wondering, like, what's the purpose of the one next year then? You know? Probably to maintain hype for different property. But Resistance, you know, um, again, probably other Netflix. I mean, Disney Plus things. Again, The Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that. It's just... Video you know, games, maybe. Yeah, I, I if I had to guess, we'll probably... Because that EA license is going to run up eventually, I think we're probably going to be backloaded with Star Wars games from them. I don't know that we're going to have two years in between each EA licensed game till the end of their contract. Something tells me they're going to want to try and get some more money out of that contract before it's up. <laughs> and with the release of the new consoles next year, like the next Xbox and the PlayStation 5, they're probably going to want to have something ready for that too you know yeah because that'll be a big deal um but yeah it's i'm not gonna lie i was a little bummed i was a little bummed that we have to wait till 2022 and i know that's not that long but damn man it's not next year you know like it's not next year or the next two years like i had already made peace with the fact that there was no star wars movie next year but i was like well surely there'll be one in 2021 but no, I think 2021 is when the first fucking Avatar sequel is coming out. Still not convinced. I mean, and I'm trying to go into it with an open mind. Still not convinced that that property has the legs to do, you know, what Star Wars could do. <coughs> I just don't know that it's had the i guess like pop culture staying power that something like star wars or like okay if if after endgame marvel was like we're not gonna do marvel movies for a few years we're gonna like take a break and then we'll come back right you would still i think there would still be you know merchandise released you know there would still it would still be talked about and like there would be collectors and things like that. I don't feel like you have that for Avatar. Like I went and did a little research, right? Once this announcement came out and I was like at my saltiness, saltiest. Yeah. That we have to uh, share Star Wars release schedules with Avatar that I went on eBay and I was like, well, I wonder maybe there's this whole secondary market for Avatar stuff that I'm just not aware of because it's not like, Something I'm like a super fan of. And and this is coming from someone who does enjoy the first Avatar movie all right. You know? Yeah, I I mean I watched it a lot when it (laughs) first came out. But Um, so I I went and looked on eBay and dude, the price like if I wanted to be an Avatar collector, dude, I could be swimming in Avatar merch. It is so cheap. There is no secondary market for Avatar stuff. Which means they made way too much or there's just not desirable. Yeah. I think it might be that it's just not, it didn't get its hooks in people like something like, because in between, you know, we always talk about the dark times for Star Wars, you know, like 85 to 95 or whatever, 
or 92 or whenever like the first Zahn book came out. But that's exactly my point. Like in the dark times when there was no Star Wars movies in theaters, like you still had comic books and books and, you know, they took a little break, but figures were coming out. And then, you know what I mean? Like, and that's what I'm saying. Today's kids have shows, Netflix shows to get them hooked into stuff. You know, like they don't remember this one movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's a very eighties way of looking at it. Yeah. If you want for staying power, you know, having a movie every 10 years, that's just not, and, and it, I don't know. I, yeah. It's not viable for trying to grow a franchise or progress a story. I don't feel like. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, I think you're probably right. But it, it will be interesting to see how it plays out. Maybe I'm wrong. There's just some things like it's like, all right, you the natives speaking in like like the broken English that gets a little irritating at a certain point, you know, and, and he's been among them. Are we going to keep up with that? You know, you got to be a hero underwater now. Maybe you learn the underwater language. I don't know. Heaven man. help me, dude. <laughs> Dude, I'm glad. Like I know, like in your voice, I hear this. I and I, I gotta be honest. I'm so glad you're as salty about it as I am. Can I just say that? I'm just like, say, if you're gonna make me share Star Wars, exactly, with something, man. Bring it a A plus plus quality. Because I don't, don't know. Don't saddle me with your B rate sci fi bullshit. Like, and I even get it. Like, I get the environmental awareness. You know, corporate assholes invading native lands for resources. Like, I get the whole message, and I agree. But I think it's run its course. You can't repeat that, but underwater. And then repeat that, but on the fire planet. And then repeat that, <laughs> but with the ice people. Like, this is not Avatar The Last Airbender. Like, <laughs> um, I just, because sometimes, like, I'm like, I wonder if Will, like, because different stuff bothers us. We're different people, right? Yeah, like, and sometimes they don't always agree. And I, right. you know, I'm usually some, pretty yeah. open about when we don't agree. Exactly. And, like, I was just like, I wonder if when I tell Will this, he's like, oh, that's all right. like that. But, no, man, I'm super stoked to see that you're as salty about it as I am. Yeah, I'm, Avatar can, Avatar's had its moment in the sun, my prediction. When the second one does not do what they think it will, I doubt there'll be a third. Maybe straight to DVD. Straight to Blu-ray. Straight to Disney Plus. Straight to Disney Plus. Um, They've already committed to have a theme park. It's going somewhere. That material's recorded. Yeah. And... It's not even really a theme park. It's like a ride within uh, Animal Kingdom, right? It's not like I they did. Yeah, I think it's just a ride. I that thought they, they built... built it its own little wing. I don't know. Pandora um, Land. I've heard it's neat, shit. though. I will say I've heard that Avatar ride is neat. But I bet you it's not going to be as neat as driving the goddamn Millennium Falcon at Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, right? Yeah, man. All right, so you want to talk about Star Wars as it pertains to the year of 2019 now? I would. So, as I'm sure you're well aware, Saturday was may the 4th mm -hmm. it was with us it was it was with us and they did drop something pretty cool on may the 4th they gave us a glimpse at 
the journey to the rise of Skywalker um, plans. Like, you know, before The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, they do these big, like... Behind-the-scenes little things? Well, not just that they do that, but it's all the the books. You know, they do a big publishing push for the movie in the months leading up, and they're always called The Journey to Such-and-Such. Like, remember that comic series, Shattered Empire, that we read? We talked yeah. about it pretty early on in the show. It was like the one that was Poe's parents and they had adventures with basically the big members of the original trilogy, like the big cast members. Right. That was part of Journey to the Force Awakens. Okay. So now we have an idea of what the journey to the rise of Skywalker is going to look like. And there sounds like some cool stuff coming. So, first up, we have Star Wars Resistance Reborn, uh, and that's written by Rebecca Roanhorse. In this journey to the Star Wars, to Star Wars, the rise of Skywalker novel, Poe Dameron, General Leia Organa, Rey, and Finn must struggle to rebuild the Resistance after their defeat at the hands of the First Order in Star Wars The Last Jedi. So, that'll be a book that takes place between eight and nine. And that is coming out November 12th, 2019. I'm all in on that. That sounds cool to me. Me too. And then we have Journey to the... I'm going to keep saying Journey to the Star Wars. Journey to Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, Force Collector. And this is a young adult novel by Kevin Shinnick. In this Journey to Star Wars, The Rise... Skywalker young adult novel set just before The Force Awakens, a restless teenager sets out to discover what connection his mysterious Force powers have to the fabled Jedi and what the Force has in store for him. Well, that sounds neat. This is like a unknown character, though. I wonder what's up with that one. That is interesting. Because <clears throat> it seems like it's going somewhere else. Yeah, and, and like... I don't know that they're going to, I mean, are they going to introduce um, a character in a book that's going to show up? I, I don't think so. You know, like I can't they see. They might. The, they might. And that could be it. But, uh, and then Marvel Comics, they have a mini series coming called Journey to Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker Allegiance. On the run since the destruction of Starkiller Base, General Leia and the remaining handful of resistance have barely managed to survive, much less strike back against the superior forces of the First Order. Running low on options, Leia decides to reach out to her former allies, the Mon Calamari, whose shipyards once powered the Rebel Alliance. And that's going to start October 9th of 2019. That's cool. That is cool. Sounds like that would have been a cool Disney Plus miniseries if Carrie had still been around. Right? Like, it's going to be cool to see. And that makes me wonder, are we going to see some fucking Mon Calamari cruisers? Like, some new higher-tech ones fighting alongside the Resistance? And I I don't know if this is canon anymore or not, but from what I remember, the Mon Calamari build their ships modularly. That's why you see all the kind of bubble things to where... Nobody can memorize the setup of the ship. Like each, like each, like the same part of a ship, the same shield generator may not be in the same spot on every ship. Like it may be in different spots. 
Because that's how they do their architecture when they're building space starships. Yeah, I don't know if that's still considered canon or not, but it's neat. It is neat. It's a neat explanation for why they look bubbly like that. So I'm skipping over some of like the world of reading and golden book books, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. The not that there's kitty stuff. Not that they're not cool or anything, but they're just not usually canon relevant, right? So then we have another book coming out from Justina Ireland. Interesting. Um, and this is like a young, not a, a little younger than young young adult, like middle school right. aged book. And this is called uh, "Spark of Resistance." When a distress plea goes up from the isolated planet Minfar. Resistance heroes Ray, Poe, and Rose hear the call. Together they will face down a First Order battalion, terrifying flying creatures, and a weapon that could change the course of war. So oh, wow. another neat sort of like in-between. I'm all about this in-between episode 8 and 9 stuff. Like yeah, I'll be eating Because they can have up. those adventures, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, let's see. What do we have after that? Then we get into stuff like, you know, um, the next edition of Ultimate Star Wars, um, like the guidebook, and then sticker books and pop-up books. I do think pop-up books are neat, though. And then yeah. I, I need to send you the cover art for the one that I find the most interesting, at least as far as it pertains to The Rise of Skywalker. I'm actually going to send it to you right now. Um, okay. it's the art of the rise of Skywalker. You know, oh. they, they always do the really cool, um, art of books. Yeah. And I love, that's been one of the highlights of like the, the recent, more recent star Wars book releases, like especially the reference type stuff has been the art books for me. They're really well done. Yeah. The one for the four, I have the one for force awakens and the one for, last jedi and they're both excellent and the point of interest for this one though is the cover and what does it mean if anything for episode nine did you get it i am i'm looking at it right now why don't you describe it to our good listeners in case they haven't seen it yet it is ray stanced with a lightsaber facing downward towards like a puddle and she's crossing lightsabers with the reflection of a Kylo Ren looking up from the puddle. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes me wonder, man, like what is this whole die? You know, it, are we looking at an, an image that represents a scene from the movie? some crazy force shenanigans scene? Or are we looking at an image that just sort of is meant to evoke the final battle between the light side and the dark side? You know, could it be yeah. as simple as that? Or is that some hint at something that we're going to see? You know, obviously it will look different because it won't be concept art, but still. Right. And I, I mean, think... like it's so confusing because that could have very specific meaning mm -hmm. or it could just be promotional art. You know, it, it could be both. You know, it's very, it's hard to tell. Right. But in the past, like the art of The Force Awakens, you know, the image on there is Kylo with his lightsaber on Starkiller Base in the snow. 
Um, is it exactly how, you know, obviously, once again, it's concept art, so it's not the final scene from the movie, but it's, it is a scene from the movie. You know what I mean? It is, it's directly related to the movie. The art of uh, The Last Jedi is Rey standing on the cliffs in Ahch 2. Now, granted, neither one of those give a whole lot away or anything, but once again, also something from the movie. So, it'll be interesting so to see. So, it would stand to reason. That maybe this does give us a hint at something, right? Indeed. I think it's neat or interesting that, so, you know, obviously Ray is on the light side, Kylo's on the dark side, but their backgrounds are switched in this image. You see that? Like, Ray has the red behind her, Kylo right. has the blue behind him. I think it's a really neat, it's a killer cover, regardless. Probably my favorite cover of the this trilogy's art books. And you can also see that uh Kylo's mask, you know, has that red stuff on it where he he super glued that stuff. He craggled that shit back together. He did. He used the craggle. Um but yeah, makes me wonder, man. I and I also wonder if seeing Luke project himself across space and time Mm -hmm. and then also seeing snoke's example of tying their minds together i wonder if kylo ren has taken to the power to like intrude on people's minds and reality i wonder could this be what i mean is this a dream sequence or is it reality you know or yeah or like could we be going somewhere even weirder could this be a fucking inside the mind fight you know what i mean Right. Like, you bring up a very, very good point. Like, this whole connecting of the minds and, you know, seeing new Force stuff that we haven't seen before in the movies, it leads me to think, like, well, you're, you're going to have to do something beyond that in the third movie, right? Like, you got to introduce a new concept, I would imagine, right? So, it just seems Kylo Ren seems like the kind of pervert person that would want to pervert the power he saw Luke examine, Luke and Snoke, right? You know, and use it for his own. Yeah, and he it, was real intrusive, mind wise, in the Force Awakens. Right, and and that's makes me wonder if, like, I don't know if it's it, to me, it would be more on the side of the Snoke type of thing right then the luke projecting thing because unless he's just found some way around it they definitely established that you can do that whole projection thing but it'll kill you right now if we're looking at something new who knows but you don't know i don't know how the dark side works honestly yeah, I mean, I know honestly Sith kind of works but not really honestly right but they're you know, the book is, oh, they can make change. Like, if they're introducing something new, then how can we know how it works? We've never seen it right. before, you know? Right, right. So, <laughs> and past that, we're just looking at, you know, like visual dictionaries and things like that. But I I think we're in for some interesting stuff. And like I said, the, the stories set in between The Last Jedi and... The Rise of Skywalker or what are really going to interest me. What I'm really going to be into checking out. And it'll be nice because they're coming out, you know, within a month, it seems like, of the movie. So, it'll help kill the time before that movie comes out. 
Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So that's it as far as like Star Wars news and announcements and stuff. Like I said, nothing, not a lot, but pretty big stuff, especially the announcements of those new movies and indeed the uh, schedule for those. So why don't we move on to hearing from our buddies? You know how much I love it. You know, that's going to be fun. We got a, uh, we got to get serenaded, man. This is what I need. This is going to recharge my batteries for the week. good stuff it's the only way to fly all right first up king tom you know how we do here we go any minute now oh boy Hey there, Hawes and Will. I have to apologize because I had this musical tribute planned for you guys because I missed out last week on everything, but the musicians I hired came down with a case of lightning dick and couldn't make it. So, it's just another voicemail from me. Anyway, we got some exciting news this week for the future of Star Wars, namely that we're going to be getting more Star Wars movies in December. One drawback is that they have to alternate with Avatar when realistically I think they could do a Star Wars movie every year, but they're playing it cautious. I guess that's okay. Um, I do like that they are taking some time to figure out what they want to do, even though they probably have ideas ready to go. You know, they're taking their time, which is fine. I hope that we find out who's going to be in charge of this one because it would, it seems weird to have both or either one of uh, Ryan Johnson or the Game of Thrones guys wait around that long, but I have a feeling they have a plan and they're going to use everyone to their best capacity. And I, you know, I, I just, my main concern is that Ryan Johnson stays with Star Wars. The thing is these, you know, the, the, the three years or so between episode nine and whatever's next might seem bleak, but unlike previous hiatuses, I don't know if there's a plural for hiatus, but unlike previous hiatuses we're going to be getting new star wars content books comic books video games and streaming shows and that's gonna be awesome and i think that the important thing is that once episode nine is told they're gonna have free reign to tell any story they want in the 70 or so years between the phantom menace and rise of skywalker and that's that's awesome 
So I want to know from you guys, are there any stories that you particularly want told more than anything else? Because that, that's a ton of places, ton of characters, ton of events. For me, I, I don't think we'll get this. I want to know Ray's legacy, you know, in the because obviously I want episode 10, but I think Ray is going to be just as important to galactic events as Anakin was, as Luke was, Leia was. I think Rey is up there too, and I think she's going to have a legacy. But I don't think we'll get that then. Uh, the things I would like to see, I want to see more about the rise of Palpatine. I want to see about, I know we got some in the book and audio book, but I want to find out more specifics about Dooku's turn to the dark side. And I want to learn about the building of the second Death Star. You know, how that came about, who made it, and all that other stuff. Those are just my ideas, but I'm, I know, you know, other people a lot of times have better ideas than I do, so I want to know what yours are. Anyway, thanks for listening, thanks for the great podcast, and I will talk with you later. Ooh, that is a good question, King Tom. It is. Um, I mean, obviously, my number one thing I want to see is the time period between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens filled in, you know? Like, I want to see... Specifically, I want to see Luke's stab at a new Jedi Order. Yeah, and like... Before it all goes south. That's that's really what I want to see. That's one of the things. Like, what took him so long? Because it does seem like it's not something he started up immediately after Return of the Jedi, you know? Right. Um, so that... Things he quested for, the knowledge he acquired, you know? Yeah, like, that would be really cool. Um... And to me, seeing what Obi-Wan was up to on Tatooine while Luke was growing up. That's okay. interesting to me. I mean, we may get that in live action one day. Maybe not on uh, in the theater, but maybe on Disney+. Plus. But Here's hoping. And I show, hope they show Darth Maul's death in there somewhere. I think that's... I mean, they could, but I, I mean, I guess if they want to retell that from Rebels in some way, but... You know, on the other hand, I also hope they kind of just like to me, if it's all supposed to be canon, then that's what happened to Darth Maul in canon. So I hope they don't change it just because they're doing. No, that's not what know? I meant. Oh, I, I know. Just meant like if you're going to do, you know, an Obi-Wan series, you could end it with, you know, Maul showing up to, to for his demise. And I'm also with King Tom. I would love to see like what Ray and everybody gets into after episode nine. And, yeah. you know, I firmly believe that at some point down the line, we will see these characters again, whether it be in episode 10 or the beginning of their own star Wars saga. But if, if it's going to be a little while and they're planning like an in universe time jump, you know, in between episode nine and the next time we see Ray and everybody, then yeah, give us some stories in between there. And since everything is a canon, then you can take the events of those stories into account when you do come back theatrically with those characters. You see what I'm yeah. saying? And like, don't go too crazy. You know, don't have Finn get crushed by a goddamn moon, but have them do some adventures that you could toss you a reference another moon in me, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, you have anything else you, like, obviously one that I'll always be interested in is like star Wars history. You know, I don't want a Knights of the old Republic adaptation, but 
but I would love, you know, a movie or a Disney Plus series or something set in that time period because that's fascinating to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, to me, even more of the old, not the old Republic, but just the Republic, the Galactic Republic before the fall, you know, Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan stories. Yeah, I mean, not just that. I would love, like, obviously, we just got that Master and Prentice book, which I've been listening to, man. Right. And it's good. You got to check it out so we can talk about it. I'm going to. As soon as I finish that, I'm going to move on to Jedi Lost. Um, But what I was going to say is, like, just more stories set in that time period. It doesn't even have to be, you know, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, even though I love those characters. But, like... Do do a Mace Windu story set sometime before the Phantom Menace, or hell, do another heist movie. I mean, it doesn't have to be a Han Solo heist movie, but do another heist movie. Yeah, um, I would love. I mean, come on, do you know how many copies Lucasfilm? If you guys ever hear this, in Lucasfilm Publishing, Delray, do you know how much free promotion you guys would get from us? If you release Monday, a Star Wars story in book form, give us it would it would be an erotic manga is what it would be. No, man. No, just give us a badass. Give me a Kia D story that I can point to to be like, all right, guys, y'all, you want to make jokes about this guy. But look what he did in this book. Give me that Lucasfilm. Come on, man. I'm a good Star Wars fan. I'm a good customer. I don't complain too much. Are you much. saying you want to write it? Or you want no. someone to, to write it? No, nah, you can't put... I, I, my my shoulders aren't strong enough to carry that burden, Will Witten. I am not worthy of that. I don't know. I think you might. I could write a pretty good Yaddle story, but not Kiati Mundi. Dude, if we made a Kiati Mundi movie, it would be like a trauma film. No. That's what it would be like. Hell no, I wouldn't do that to Kiati. And I don't dislike... Well... I had a period of time where I liked Toxic Avenger and stuff, but I can't do it anymore. They're too gross. You know what I mean? They're not there. I mean, I understand what they represent in cinema, Mm -hmm. but they're not enjoyable to watch. Not for me. I tried. I gave it a, you know, I gave them a try. Just weren't, weren't for me, man. Too gross. Too pass. Yeah. Pass. All right. So, Next up, we have a voicemail. Where did it go? Here it is. Sorry, I don't have my contacts in. I can't see very well. Um, this is from our buddy Robbo. <laughs> and it says, Happy 201. So let's hear what Robbo has to say. Woo! Happy 201st episode. Haws and Will. Wow. 201 episodes it's a huge milestone you guys definitely not something your boy Robbo would forget and have to send a late voicemail about thank you guys for for all the laughs 201 episodes 201 laughs all the times you say oh man chief palpatine i love that i never get tired of that the damn ass uh we do that again i love that you guys uh, you really mean a lot to me and a whole lot of other people, your show is the, it's the, your show is the Orange Julius in the mall of my mind. 
and the personal pan pizza in the pizza hut of my mind. Oh, look, I don't want to hold you up. Uh, you probably got a lot of other um, 200 first episode congratulations voicemails to get to. So, uh, shit, they all did songs. I got to do a song. I got, uh, but I, I definitely uh, had a song in mind. I did a um, a rap for you. So, yo, my name is Robbo, and I'm here to say I love Blue Harvest in a major way. Yo, my boys, Hawes and Will, they're the best dudes in the building. Uh, with the you know, it's okay, but, uh, uh, you know, can't wait to send you another uh, very good voicemail on your on your uh, 402nd episode. So uh, keep keeping it real and uh, peace out. <laughs> Dude, that was good. <laughs> I like being the Orange Julius in the mall. <laughs> Thanks, Robbo. Um, like, it was very nice, but also I feel like maybe he was making just a little bit of fun of us. Oh, of course he was. Oh. <clears throat> oh, man. Shit, there was a funny tweet. Speaking of Robbo, there was a funny tweet that Jesse showed me this week that she sent to Robbo and I thought you would appreciate this too as um you know as a man who has perhaps run his own uh RPG campaigns from time to time, right? I've rolled a couple of dice. Yeah, you've rolled a couple of dice, you've made a couple of NPCs, you know. I know you know the deal. Um where did it go? Shit. Uh this is everybody's favorite type of podcasting is when Someone scrolls through their phone looking for a tweet. Here it goes. Dungeon Master Expectations. You will help your friends become fantasy heroes. Dungeon Master Reality. You've accidentally become a teacher for a group of sociopathic children who neither listen nor respect you. It's your job to get them through the school year without them dying. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. Right? I thought that was pretty good. All right. Let's hear. It's when you plan all these things for your party to do, and they're like, we just want to be murder hobo. Can I kill this guy? Well, you could get information from no, I want to kill him. I, well, all right. You kill him. <laughs> you know, like, what do you do now? All right. You kill him. <laughs> are there any girls there? Yeah. Yeah. There are girls there. Dude, just there are. I want to do them. I want Mountain Dew. That was one of the funniest fucking Easter eggs in a game oh ever. God. It really was. That was an Easter egg in the PlayStation 2 launch title Summoner, which I feel like has been lost to the sands of time. You never hear anybody talking about Summoner anymore. No, my dad loved it. I I enjoyed it probably doesn't really hold up because I haven't played it since the days of the PlayStation 2, but as a mm -hmm. kid that loved RPGs, having, you know, a decently sized RPG available at launch for that system. Was at launch nice. for PS2, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> All right, let's hear from the man with the pan full of biscuits, 
and the cast iron skillet full of gravy. He's probably cooking up a delicious breakfast, brewing up some coffee. It's our buddy. How doing? How doing? It's our buddy Anthony, the rural farm boy. How do you, Hawes and Will? Yep. It's Anthony, rural farm boy. On the other side of 100, headed for 150. So we got another sort of slow news week, other than this past Saturday, we was told we're getting more stories. Yeah, all them different books going to be coming. And I want all of them. Even down into the, what folks are saying, the kids' books, well, they're just all Star Wars stories, and I want them all. So that'll come with time. And aside from that, not a lot else going on. So let's do some Blue Harvest Moisture Farmer Star Wars trivia with Rural Farm Boy and Haas and Will. Uh-oh. So I'll give you each two questions. And I'll give an answer after, and you can pause me after I've asked the question. And we'll see how this goes. So, all right, Hodge, you're up first. This would be from Rogue One. What's the name of the commando sergeant that keeps in touch with Cassian while Cassian, Jin, and K2 gets into the Citadel Tower? What's his name? And an extra point. If you can do his first name too. Draven, right? And you pause me here. Well, I don't need to pause you. I think it's Draven. All right, here's the answer. His name is Ruscott Melshi, and he's a sergeant. <laughs> I did not know that. Ruscott right, Melshi. Next up is Will. All right, Will. And this will be from TLJ. Admiral Emmeline Holdo. What homeworld does she hail from? Do you know, Will? Mm. All right. And my answer? Hosnian Prime. Galalenta. Galalenta. Right. I Hosnian didn't know that either. And this would be from Solo, a Star Wars story. The last world, place, planet that we see in that story is we're on wins the Falcon from Lando. Oh. What world is that? Fuck. Because it does have a name that we weren't told in that film slash story. I got to shave off name. the beard. I am not the beard of knowledge because he's about to stump be? me twice. Uh, pause here. Uh, Here's my answer. Montecore 5. Or the answer. Numidian Prime. Numidian Prime. All right. Last one up. Will... Where was the name Palpatine? And no, I ain't asking about his first name. Just the name Palpatine first mentioned. Ooh. Well? Mm, in the script for Return of the Jedi. I'm going to say, and I don't know this for sure, I'm either going to say the novelization, even though this wasn't my question, but I feel like this might be one I can at least get close to. It's either going to be, I think, the novelization for A New Hope or the radio drama. Because I know Anthony's a big fan of those. Let's hear. That pause. And the answers. The novelization of Star Wars. Written by Alan Dean Foster slash George Lucas. 
it's in the preface or as before the novel starts was mentioned Palpatine. So there was that, and we'll hope, be hopeful that there'll be some Star Wars news of some sort next week. And I'll be certain that Blue Harvest is going to be on my radio this come Saturday morning. And then Boys Damn Transmission is going to follow it up. So let's see what other folks sending in. And I'll see you on my radio in my kitchen Saturday morning. Love you boys both. May the force be with you. See you on the radio. Biscuits, gravy, black coffee. Man, Royal Farm Boys just showed up. Showed up at the house and threw his fucking biscuits and gravy on the table and punked me with those questions. Man, I was just like, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, shit. Well, everybody, uh, once this episode, I think comes those up, were designed to be stumpers. I mean, those are tough. Those I, are tough questions. I know, man. man, but I should be. I should do better. I need to. I know where I have holes in my Star Wars knowledge and like I feel like I just haven't had the time to pour over. That was a hole seeking missile. <laughs> like pour over like the information from the newer movies for that kind of stuff. Like I know I have a hole there in my Star Wars knowledge and I oh man. I gotta we shave should, the beard. I'm not the beard we should knowledge. Fill I'm that hole. A fucking sham. You guys can look on Twitter. Like once you hear this episode, go look on Twitter and you'll see pictures of me looking stupid without a beard. I don't deserve this beard of knowledge. Don't shave the beard. All right. I don't plan on it. Jesse doesn't look at me the same when I do. Uh, next up, we have a voicemail from. You ready, Will? Utah. Utah. Dougie. Oh, uh, Dougie. Hey, Haas and Will. This is Dougie calling in. Um, I was thinking a lot about Chewbacca this week, obviously, with uh, the news of Peter Mayhew's passing. Um, and how much of an unsung hero Chewie was. You know, he's always a hero. Um, and I think it was probably Chewie that convinced Han Solo to turn around and go bail out Luke at the Battle of Yavin and really save the day. Um, taking out Vader in the trench run. And um, I just wonder what that conversation was like. What do you think, what do you think Chewie said to, to change Han's mind? You know, Chewie's such a hero. And, um, you know, if he wasn't thinking with his stomach, uh, they wouldn't have met the Ewoks either. So, you know, he, he really um, was the perfect compliment for, for Star Wars and for, Han Solo and the gang. Um, interestingly enough, my aunt actually lived in his same neighborhood, and um, Peter Mayhew would answer the trick-or-treaters at Halloween time in costume. He's just such a great guy. Love the fans, and uh, definitely will be missed. Love that guy. Love the podcast. Keep it up. Uh, you guys rock. Um, peace out. Till next time. Dude, that is an awesome story about Peter Mayhew. Yeah, it is. Do you know how stoked I would be if I went trick-or-treating and Peter Mayhew answered the door dressed up like Chewbacca? <coughs> wow. <coughs> that would be cool. That would make my lifetime. Yeah, man. 
that would be the best Halloween ever. Oh, man. Um, damn, that's cool. All right, next up we have one more voicemail, and then we'll get into some emails. We have a voicemail from Jim. Ray was created. Oh, hold on, hold on. So I guess he's wanting us to do um, percentages again, like he did that time. Okay. What do you think the percentage chance is that Ray was created? Mm, 15%. Yeah, I might even put it a little higher. Like, I don't know, man. They could end up doing something like that. I'll say 22%. All right, let's hear what else he has. The Emperor is alive. Zero percent. Yeah, I don't... Clearly, the Emperor has some role to play in Episode Nine, but I don't think that it's just been that he's been chilling out alive. There's a twist to it, right? Yeah, yeah. So I say zero percent, too. He's back, but I don't think he's necessarily alive. We will see the Emperor in some other form than a hologram. I yes. see. 100%. Yeah, I say 100%. We see another classic lightsaber. Ooh. Another classic lightsaber. I'd love it, but I don't feel like the percentages are high. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. Okay. Let's see what he what's next? A Darth Vader cameo. Zero percent. I say there's more percent. Yeah. There's more possibility of uh, Anakin Skywalker. Agreed. Hayden Christensen cameo. Ooh, I'm going to say 50%. Yeah, I've got to go 50 because I want it, and it makes sense, but I don't know if they'll pull the trigger. I'm with Will on that, 50%. And multiple force ghosts. 80%. I, I'll say 95 Yeah. I think we could probably get at least, I mean, obviously at least Luke, but maybe even Luke and Yoda. And then anything past that would be awesome and, you know, like a nice surprise. Let's hear what, yep. else. Let's hear what else he has to say. What do you say to a Boba Fett movie that follows him around while he was uh, during the original saga? That's probably been brought up before, but... Uh, I think it's. Uh, I think it'd be awesome. And George Lucas always wanted to push the envelope. And end game spoiler alert. Um, there was, uh, you know, the way that they saw, they kind of visited the old movies. Um, they could do that again, but with the original saga. I think that seeing how Boba got from place to place and stalking the main heroes, I think that'd all be really cool. Also, did you know? That um, when Mace killed Django, you can actually see in the shadow his head flying out of the helmet. So that's why uh, his head didn't plop out. Uh, <laughs> but uh, didn't anything anyway. 
what do you think? Would you watch You'd watch that, I mean, for sure, right? But do you think they'd ever do it? I uh, think it'd be neat, but maybe. <laughs> All right, ignite the green, gentlemen. So, look, I would watch any Boba Fett movie. Um, unfortunately, I do. As would I. I feel like, I feel like my my chances of that have dwindled down to pretty much not going to happen. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe eventually they'll do something with Boba Fett on Disney Plus, but it kind of feels like maybe not because they're doing the Mandalorian. You know, yeah. Unless he has some part to play in that. Um, to me, the idea of what Boba Fett was doing during the original trilogy is cool, but it almost seems more suited for like a book or a comic or something that like that instead of a movie like in Boba. So the mineral that makes Mandalorian armor, is it just Beskar? Beskar. Beskar. Shout out to Sal Perales. Shout out to King Tom. Shout out to, Everybody that helped me. Who corrected us. No, they didn't. Everybody was super cool. They were like, this is the term you're looking for. Eric Strathers. Like plenty of people hit me up and like they were saying best car, which when you look best car up on Wikipedia, it comes back with Mandalorian iron. So nice. Okay. So is Boba Fett's just his helmet and chest piece made of best car? Um, I would think it would be his helmet, his chest piece. His shoulder pieces and his his cod piece and his gauntlets because he's got those same gauntlets as like Sabine and stuff, you know. I didn't think he had the gauntlets. He does. I'm looking at his hot toy right now. Okay. So, uh, and I would imagine the leg pieces that Django has that Boba doesn't have are also made of the same. Yeah, I figured those were. Um, to me, the Boba Fett movie. Like, if there was ever going to be one, like, the two most likely options would be pre-A New Hope showing Boba Fett, like, maybe newly on the job, even though it's not, really wouldn't be newly on the job, because, you know, we know from the Clone Wars that, like, that motherfucker was on the hustle early, you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, maybe the earlier days of Boba Fett in the full armor, or post-Sarlacc pit. Those were always the two directions I thought they would go. Um, I like angry badass Boba Fett. That was always what I envisioned as a kid, like post-Sarlacc pit, like pissed off that he was in the pit, out for vengeance. Right. Yeah, not, not stoked about being dropped in that big mouth in the sand, for sure. All right, so you want to do some emails, my man? Yeah. And then we'll call this a night. Um, let me get to the emails and see how well I can read tonight. Uh, first up, we got a email from our buddy, Michael. Hey, Halls and Will. Seems like you had a great time at Celebration based on all the great photos, podcasts, and sick panels. Although, um, three out of four, every (laughs) three out of every four photos look like you were saying, fucking Johnny, enough with the pictures, man. I loved it. That's just me in pictures, man. I don't like having my picture taken because I feel like I look stupid in pictures. Um, That trailer for episode nine gave me some serious feels. I can't stop watching it, mostly for that opening shot. 
I'm not sure how I am going to make it eight months. Okay, so here's my thought, maybe a wish. I'm certain that this is not an original dot idea, but it's on my mind. Palpatine has been around the entire sequel trilogy playing Ry Kylo and Rey against each other, knowing that whoever wins may join him and it's a win-win. Just like the original trilogy, Obi-Wan versus Anakin, Luke versus Vader. Except this time, Kylo and Rey realize they are being played and team up and fuck his shit up. Of course, they then bang, have Skywalker babies, and rule the Skywalker order, which is a balance of light and dark. What do you say? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that whoa, escalated whoa. quickly. Thanks. That went south quick. Thanks for the great podcast, and hopefully I will meet you all at Celebration someday. Well, if you're at Celebration Anaheim, we can make that happen, I think. I'm still working on Will. Um, honestly, I don't know about the end where they hook up and have babies. Like, I still kind of feel like maybe Kylo doesn't make this make it out of this alive. I don't think so. I'm hoping not. But everything else, I don't know if he's necessarily been alive alive this whole time. But I wouldn't be surprised if from the Shadow Realm or whatever, Palpatine has been influencing the events of the sequel trilogy, you know? And as far as them teaming up, realizing they're being played and teaming up to fight Palpatine, like, yeah, I mean, that's probably pretty right on the money when it comes yeah, down to that it. May be, yeah, that may be incredibly accurate. Like, <clears throat> for all we know, Palpatine was influencing Snoke. And was using Snoke as his puppet to, to eventually just kill and take his spot, usurp him. Right, right. You know, and then like do the dirty work while he rematerializes or whatever the fuck is gonna go on, man. I think we might be in for some like weird <clears throat> in a good way type stuff with the Palpatine flashback, stuff. maybe because I feel like old Matt Smith's playing a young emperor somehow. That Matt Smith thing is the, the question because, you know, so, you know, Holly, I think it was either Variety or Hollywood Reporter reported that he was in the movie. And that is right. that is about as solid as a sort, you know, like re, like outlet reporting that that you can get. And then <clears throat> I don't know, about a month before the trailer came out, Matt Smith said in an interview, like, well, as far as I know, I'm not in that movie. And. I'm telling you, man, I think that's him trying to play sly because just last week or two weeks ago, two foreign Disney sites, I believe maybe like shit, J Disney, Germany, or and, and one other, on their page for Ri The Rise of Skywalker, they have Matt Smith listed in the cast. Or they had. Mm. They've corrected it since. So like... I don't know why you would have Matt Smith in the movie and keep it secret unless he's playing somebody big like yeah. Palpatine. So then the question is, just like you said, is it a flashback to a young Palpatine or are we looking at a young clone maybe? Or is he an apprentice of Palpatine who Palpatine has been? Fuck, I don't know, man. There's something weird going on with Matt Smith and Palpatine, I feel. So he was subverted by the ghost of the old man in college. <laughs> uh, next up, we got an email from 
uh, or buddy Brad H. Hi, boys. I'll keep this one relatively short. In light of our holiday and the unfortunate passing of Peter Mayhew, let's not forget that it is important to cherish our fandom community and the cast of the original trilogy. We are losing them, and it is on us to remember the lessons they taught us through their characters and dialogue. That being said, may the fourth be with you all, and thank you, Halls and Will, for giving us a sub-community of the larger community that makes up Star Wars. I don't call in or write as much as I would like to, but as Jay-Z once said, streets is watching. <laughs> a simple for- moisture farmer trying to make his way across the galaxy, Brad H. Thanks, buddy. That's a good email Yeah, right dude. There. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, next, we have an email from our buddy Steve. Hey, guys. Congratulations on getting to 200 shows. I did the original trilogy marathon for May the 4th this year, and while watching Empire, I was thinking about favorite lightsaber battles. My brother's was always the one at the end of Empire because he likes how Vader was so much better than Luke, but was holding back because of his knowledge of their relationship. Mine has always been the rematch at the end of Return of the Jedi because I feel like Luke's constant battle to keep his emotion in check, and that his motives are to bring Anakin back to light not kill him. I also enjoy the Ray versus Kylo battle at the end of episode seven. I was wondering what your favorite lightsaber battles are. We're going real loose rules. So Kylo slash Luke would count as re- as Kylo is holding a saber and thinks he's in battle. Ray and Kylo versus the guards would also count basically anything where a lightsaber is used. We're also attacking everything across the cannon. So clone wars, rebels, etc. count. Thanks for all the shows you put out and hope to be listening to the next 200 as well, Steve. Man, that's a loaded question. You want to be, if you want my complete honest take on favorite lightsaber battles, if there's a lightsaber being fucking swung around in a scene. That's my favorite. That's my favorite, man. I'm easy to please. I'll tell you this. My easy, f- absolute favorite lightsaber battle, uh-huh. uh, Phantom Menace. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's such a good one. And honestly, and like, then second would be the the uh, the Kylo Ren and Rey so imperial uh, fight in Last Jedi. Oh, the with the with the Praetorian guards. Yeah, Oof, yeah, so good. I I think the only one that doesn't really do it for me would be the first heart, half of the lightsaber battle in uh, Attack of the Clones with Dooku versus Obi Wan and Anakin. That one's rough for me. Just because it's so, like you, in you know, I also I don't hold it against it because I understand why they had to do it, but it's you know it's very clear that like they had to make some creative decisions uh, based on the fact that it was you know working around Christopher Lee's ability and right. stuff. Uh, there are I like, parts. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say I like. There are parts that are cool. There are also parts that like I'm not a huge fan of. I do like when Yoda starts shows up and fights with him. So there are parts of the final Obi Wan Anakin fight that are kind of rough. I mean, there are parts that are really great, but some of them are hard, are you know, unconvincing to me. Yeah, there's a couple in that for me too. But as a whole, I like it so much that I it's a easily, good one. I easily forget right. that you know. Right. <clears throat> um, and then there's a multitude of cool ones in the Clone Wars, like. Oh yeah, like the one that takes place with like Maul and, um, is it Maul and Pre Vizsla? Right, like there's some really cool ones. Um, so 
lots of good lightsaber action out there. All right, I think we got two more emails. I'll do a double check after we um, read these last two just to make sure. Uh, next up, we have another Brad. This is Brad B. Halls and Will, congrats on making it to the big 200. I hope there are many more to come. Thank you for the laughs and entertainment on my hour-long ride to work here in Michigan every week. Podcasting seems like so much fun and would love to give it a try. You absolutely should. Real quick, I'll share my origin story about finding your podcast. Feel free not to read this part in the pod if you want to keep it short. I was looking for a Star Wars geekdom fix, so I fell into podcast. As most people would, I did a simple search, and the first show to come up was the RFR guys. I gave them and a few other shows a try. The info in the show was okay, but for what are now obvious reasons, I wasn't—I just wasn't filling the show. On an episode, they were making some comments about now this is podcasting, and from what they were complaining about, it sounded like a very interesting show. I gave Jason and the guys a try, and being a longtime Stern fan, I related to their style of show and was hooked. On the first show I listened to, they were doing the business and started talking about Blue Harvest, which led into a conversation about the two shows Halls is on, and if Johnny and Will had to fight over you, who would win? Oh, I'd win. <laughs> Will, I'd, I'd Will would win. I'd Johnny Grasso's pretty eyes. <laughs> You're going to get a text about that. Uh which also led to some three-way jokes. Fuck. My poor ass would be the pivot man in that. Since then, I have been listening to most of the shows on the network. So my question, or maybe more of an observation. <laughs> With the Rise of Skywalker teaser still pretty fresh in my head, I read something in the new Master and Apprentice book that made me think of the teaser. Uh, in the book, Qui-Gon has Obi-Wan in the Jedi archives doing research on old Jedi prophecy. Obi-Wan is not happy about doing the boring research and questions why all the prophecies are so vague. One of the three that Obi-Wan uses as an example is, when the righteous lose, the light evil, once dead, shall return. I'm sure I'm reading way too much into this, but hey, that's part of the fun, right? My thought was, with Luke shutting himself off from the light side of the Force, did that bring back the Emperor? Or is it because, or is it something else that lost the light? It's interesting because the other two prophecies used in that conversation in the book are f we are familiar with, the Chosen One and the prophecy about the birth of Anakin. Sorry this email was so long. It's only my second time writing this into the show. If there's a next time, I'll try to send a voicemail so we don't have to read all my nonsense. Thanks again. Buddy, that wasn't even that long of an email. That was a good one. Dude, I never... So The prophecy thing is fascinating. That is fascinating. Like I didn't even think about that. What if... Whether it's prophecy or not, I'm sure it's handy for Palpatine and his resurgence that Luke shut himself off for the Force. Right? Right? Maybe that's all it means is that, like, when Luke shuts himself off from the Force and, and isn't connected to the Force, that gives Palpatine the ability to rise up again? Or and are we talking, I'm, like, literal, you know? I know that he's cut himself off from the Force, so Yoda couldn't appear to him, but you would think... Yoda would show up and bitch slap him and be like, hey, you need to knock it off, okay? Knock it off. Like, there's some serious stuff going on in the galaxy. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, who knows? But I know that can't happen because he's got the Force turned off, right? But right, but also, who knows, like, as far as a Force ghost goes, like, what do they know? Maybe that, like, once you've become one with the Force, like, 
you know how this is all going to turn. You know, like it's going to go how it's got to go. Yeah, you know, right. and so like, right. you know, I don't know, but that is a f- when you're one with the force. Yeah, that is you probably know more than a mortal. Fascinating to think about. I'm going to be yeah. thinking about that for a couple of days. It was a good good call there, Brad. All right, we got one more email, I believe. Like I said, I'll check again. This is from Laura. Hey, Halls and Will. First, I wanted to wish you guys a belated happy 200 episodes. That's a huge milestone, and I hope you continue for as many more so long as you keep having fun. Uh, Second, wow, what a gift this week's news has been. I'm happy to see that more movies are on the lineup, even if I'm a bit bummed that we have to wait a few years. Oh, well, it's nothing like the wait between episode four and one. That is very true. But what really excites me is the Road to the Rise of Skywalker announcements. The art book looks amazing, and that cover images promises something amazing. While I love the quieter, character-driven moments, I'm a sucker for a sword fight, and I think The Rise of Skywalker is going to deliver on both emotionally charged and visually amazing fights. Bring it on. I am mildly interested in the young adult novel, but I think the young adult novel and middle grade novel look even cooler. Maybe it's because my kids are in the target age range, but I enjoy the books written for that market so much. And I have to admit that the Star Wars adventure titles look super fun. Give me Wookiees defending Kashyyyk and I'll be happy. So if, you, ha- yeah. so if you haven't discussed it already, what are you looking forward to? Or if you already have, are there books you're hoping for once the Skywalker saga is complete and we can start filling in the gaps in the timeline? For me, I'd love a young Ben Solo journal like Ray's Survival Guide or Rose's Journal, complete with calligraphy and musing about Force artifacts. What would you guys like to see? Thanks, and may the Force be with you, Laura in Texas. Ooh, Ooh, Laura, that's a good email. Thank you. I didn't even realize that the Star Wars Adventures... Star Wars Adventures is like... um, it's a comic series put out by IDW that's yeah. a little younger skewed. Like okay. once again, not necessarily for like super young kids, but somewhere in between that and like your normal like Marvel comics, right? Right. Um, and the artwork, the covers are really good. I haven't read a ton of them. Yeah. Um, they did a um like a Tales from Vader's Castle mini series that I checked out that was was a lot of fun. Okay. And it was kind of like anthology stories dealing with different people and them you know basically coming into contact with vader's castle on Mustafar. Um, all juicy background details yeah and and the art like i said the artwork and the covers are so fun for that and apparently <clears throat> the star wars adventures tie-in for the rise of skywalker is going to be the wookies on kashik defending Against the first order, that sounds cool. Because we, in res- oh yeah, yeah. And, and in we, response to her email, I was just going to say Maz Kanata. Yeah, would be a great thing. Like a young, not well, I don't even have to do young Maz Kanata. You could still do old Maz Kanata, and there's a lot of story that could be told there. That would be awesome. Yeah, there's how a, she's connected to everyone. There's a lot of like you know the obvious stuff which we talked about earlier. The Luke and uh, ben Solo stuff and all that kind of stuff is what immediately pops into mind. But I think we have a lot of other characters that we can explore after episode nine that will also be really cool. And Maz Kanata is high up on that list for Definitely. sure. Yeah. 
Um, and you know, I honestly think we'll, we'll get more information about Snoke too. I think that's just one of those things like you got to hold back on until after episode nine in case they want to address it in any way. I got a feeling there's going to be Snoke information in episode nine Mm -hmm. more than you would think. Yeah. Some reveal. Yeah. There will be, like I said, I think it could very well be that he was some sort of puppet for Palpatine, you know, or influence. Palpatine figured out instead of being the main master and everyone vying to kill you eventually to get promoted, maybe you set up the puppet master and he gets killed when you got a new promotion coming up. Right. Right. And, and basically letting the first order go out and do your dirty work, take over the galaxy. And then you fucking slide in and be like, Hey, guess who's back is emperor. My dudes. Guess who really built this all along? Yeah. We'll see. It's, it's oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. It still blows my mind that that was their plan all along. Yeah. Our plan all along was to bring the Emperor back. Like, really? 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 I think that's neat. I mean, if they're being honest about that, and this has been something that they've been subtly working towards, like, I think that's pretty cool. I like to hear it, I that. I mean, it's neat that that's the thing. <clears throat> and I still, like... You know, not to bring it back to this, but when we were at that tool show on Tuesday and they projected the release date for the album above the crowd, like I was like, is this real life? Am I really seeing this? Is this really happening right now? And it was the exact same feeling I had at the episode nine panel at Celebration when they played Palpatine's laugh at the end of that trailer. I yeah. Was like, is this real? It is. It is reality breaking. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, you know, once again, I am a little bummed that we have to wait three years uh, for our next Star Wars movie after this year. But we're going to have so much cool stuff coming that it's not like it's going to be bereft of Star Wars stuff to to take in and talk about and enjoy. And then I also think it'll be a nice little hype refresher, you know, like I think three years is probably pretty good to like build up that hype and excitement for that that next star wars movie because really when you think about it we only have two years before we start seeing like you know the first trailer less than that than when we start hearing like casting announcements and i was about to say we'll have you know news and updates about it being Mm -hmm. filmed and everything way ahead of time so that part's gonna be fun i love that part the anticipation tease me i love to be teased Alrighty then. Heard it here first. Breaking news. Mm. Well, buddy, I think that does it for us this week. Thanks for taking the time to record with me. Thank you for recording with me. Uh, Guys, if you like our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They are Stoned Cobra. You can get them on iTunes, Spotify, or at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Leave us a five-star iTunes review if you haven't yet. It really helps us out helps funnel people towards the podcast if we got a bunch of kick-ass reviews so if you haven't done so already help us out with that and other than that i think that does it so until next week this has been blue harvest and i'm halls burkhart and i'm will witten may the force be with you may the force be with all of you may the force be with us